Good morning and welcome to the Vessi Sportscast. Yeah, a few technical issues uh, yesterday, so we had to reschedule it. I know we tried uh, um, doing it at a later hour yesterday, but unfortunately it couldn't happen. But what a way to start a week. And as always, there's only one way. The perfect way to start a week is to hear and see Nevin, Nevin Thomas. Good afternoon. I was going to say good morning, but good afternoon to you. How are you, my friend? Uh, very good, actually. Uh, it's been a very hectic week as always. I think this is a line that I repeat in almost all the episodes. And uh, good to see you. I mean, I'm sure it's it's pretty cold out there. So sorry to wake you up. And also apologizing to all the listeners. I had to reschedule the video to a certain reasons. But no, yeah. no. It's good that you're really busy and um, things are happening. So that's always good to hear. And um it's a perfect way for me to start Monday morning. I think I said that to you uh, last time we did a show on Monday. It sets up my week, uh, especially as I've had um, about uh, half an hour, 40 minutes of biting my nails, watching the test, um, <laughs> yeah. hoping we can hold out. And we did. So um, I need uh, my energy boosting back up because I was really nervous uh, watching that. So how's your week been? Busy as always, I know, but a lot of things happening in the sports field where you are yeah yeah absolutely and i wasn't busy necessarily due to the sports reasons but as usual work follows me wherever i go so i was running around attending a wedding also carrying my laptop also carrying my uh you know uh, my camera and i happened to hear about a story so i did a, a bit of research as well during the wedding so you know i was just me being me again and um, I know uh, you shared it with me, but I don't know how widely, but it's good to uh, just mention it again that you've been doing some uh, stories for uh, the Premier League as well and meeting some fans living in India. Yeah, I, I was just helping out a friend actually who is in charge of uh, uh, the Premier League uh, social media in India. They've got a particular page for as well. And it, I mean, it does appear in the main page of Facebook, but... It's again geotagged so that only Indians can watch those videos. I don't know how it works. But uh, so, yeah, I've been making a couple of videos as usual. It's not new for me because I do the same thing for Kalpan. And actually, one or two stories are uh, repetitive in that sense. We've already covered them in Kalpanda. And now, uh, you know, wider audience such as, you know, Premier League India has, you know, taken their story. And there's been massive hits. The first Arsenal video has, I think, in mass more than one and a half lakh views in multiple platforms so good to see their stories come out good to see them get recognition for loving the game so that's all we can also do as journalists right yeah absolutely and i suppose arsenal fans everywhere get uh, good uh, views so um looking forward to you featuring a fox uh, living in india very soon one of the big teams now in the premier league but uh, um, we have to talk about the situation. How is the, uh, uh, since we last spoke uh, on the show, the following day here in the UK, we went back into a national lockdown, similar, not the same, but similar to the one in March. Um, I think this one is going to be there till, I mean, realistically, they're saying, I mean, officially they're saying middle of February, but I think uh, realistically it'll go into March of uh, nearly the same length of time. So, um, and the figures here are frightening. I'll be honest with you, over Christmas and since Christmas, it's really, really bad here. Um, the hospitals in London are struggling. So unfortunately, we're talking about something that I thought we'd turned a corner on. How are things back home? Um, 
vaccine is still very far away for us we've not been hearing so much i mean we've been hearing about you know government authorizing this that but it's not like you know my friends in dubai have already got their first shot so right uh for i mean that is a little far but we're behaving like uh, there's no corona here of course we've just been going about doing things as normal we're just wearing a mask now and then but even that seems to be you know getting lowered and lowered and lowered and mostly it's been like beyond your chin these days eh? <laughs> it's more of a fashion like fashion statement to have particular colors of masks that matches with your dress than actually you know cover your nose and mouth but uh i also reached a point where now i'm not too bothered about it before i when i used really? to say you should you know put it up and you know maybe you should not be doing that in a public transport or something like that but now i'm just like i can't possibly tell that to 80% of people i meet so i just you know i've got my fingers crossed hoping that you know well, some 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 divine intervention is going to stop us from <laughs> Uh, you know, getting it and spreading it. You know, it's not just about you, right? This is about you spreading it to people who are immunocompromised, and that's obviously the biggest fear. So, I hope people know what they're doing. Yeah, and um, I really, really hope the uh, the new strain. Uh, I think it has reached India, but it's been contained so far. Hopefully, that doesn't get to India because that's the one that's knocked this country back. But a few weeks, so we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, the, the vaccines have been rolled out. Nearly one and a half million have been vaccinated so far, but they're the higher, higher risk group. So um, we'll see what happens. Um, now, moving on to um, the big news from last week, and um, you posted it, and that's when I heard about it, and I couldn't believe it. But also, can I say that I am sure the higher management these Super League teams are listening to what you're saying because we talked about <laughs> this in the show last week. And yeah. I want to remind uh, our listeners and viewers that what Nevin said was that Bengaluru need to go back the way they used to play, uh, go back to the old philosophy. And I just want to quote what uh, the owner, Bart Jindal, said. He says, uh, the, uh, I feel that the club needs to head in a new direction. When, one where the ethos and philosophy of BFC begins reflecting again, saying exactly what you said, pretty much. Um, I think um, the, the impact of this show, and especially what you say, is much bigger than a lot of people imagine. What did you think of that news? Were there any rumors or was it out of the blue? Yeah, um, if 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 the podcast is as powerful as we claim, then I think I should ask for a salary raise to my employers. <laughs> podcast, you know, just you know, put it out there in case you're listening. Maybe should, I should get paid a little bit more. But <laughs> but honestly, you should be on a retainer by all of the ISL clubs because um, yeah. we've we you've got a lot of things a lot of things right. And like I said, you called you said what the philosophy should be like what Bengaluru should be going back to and this is the reason they used or said for sacking uh, Charles yeah I mean uh, it, it must have been a tough decision for him because he is actually a coach that has won them a title and is fairly popular but you could see the sentiments a lot of changing Bangalore fans don't always jump out and you know criticize their their coach immediately after a loss or something, but it's been a while now. A lot of people are a little upset. I think the East Bengal uh, defeat sort of, you know, hit the final nail in the coffin. Uh, but we've we've all been saying it, right? It's not it's not rocket science that I call it. I think everybody who's been following this sport 
uh, this league for a couple of seasons would have called it. We said, you know, this is not the Bangalore that it used to be. They're still fighting, but they're uh, they're a side that's reliant on set pieces, and that's not. I mean, that that reminds me of say Bolton Wanderers in the nineties, and not your Manchester United or Liverpool. Uh, so. I think uh, what Bangalore is hoping for is to create a dynasty and like a, you know, completely dominate Indian football and this team cannot do it. Not with the style, not with the way they were, you know, getting things done. So, I think it's just fair. I think uh, uh, it, it's, uh, I mean, uh, opponent fans, opposition fans will say, hey, Bangalore were cruel. They shouldn't have done this. They shouldn't have done this mid-season. This is ultimately a results business. You know, let's not you know, kid ourselves into thinking this is some charity act. Everybody's there for results. Everybody's, uh, you know, looking to win. Bangalore has also got a reputation of being a very successful, you know, side that is always there in the playoff, always challenging for trophies. So they can't afford to, you know, slack up, disappoint their partners, you know, sponsors and everything. So I'm sure, I'm sure Quadrat understands. I'm sure a lot of fans also understand. I don't think there will be necessarily too much bad blood. So... I mean, good, good now. I hope they appoint the right person, though. It can't then be that we find another coach who's going to again struggle with uh, Bangalore and all that. So, I don't know what they have in mind, whether they're going the Indian route or whether they're going to, uh, you know, st- you know, find a foreigner. But let's, let's wait and see. Overall, did you think it was the right decision, considering where yeah. they are and the form? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, uh, again, you will see a lot of reactions saying, oh, Probably too harsh and all, but it is football. I support a football club that's known for this, <laughs> so it's not new for me. But uh, uh, but generally, uh, uh, we uh, I mean, it, like I said, it's it's a results business, right? You can't you know you can't say oh let them take their time. And Quadrant has been showing it for what one and a half seasons now that this is the kind of football that he's you know he is building. I don't know why, like somebody like play. Somebody like Ashik playing left back itself was a big red flag. This is not a this is not a good side. You know, the most one of the most promising attackers of the country being you know made to uh, work up and down. I I don't mind him becoming like an Alfonso Davis, but there is this one Alfonso Davis in the world right now. So there is a, I mean it takes a lot of skills and it takes a Bayern Munich to get him up into that you know uh, that that setup. It it's not necessarily the best suited job. You saw somebody like Gareth Bale start from left back and move upward. So, it, it was a little disappointing to see that and uh, there seems to be no coordination. Like I said, they were completely reliant on set pieces. So, mm. eventually it had to you know come to an end. And, I mean, to be fair to Bengaluru, they're not a sacking club. They're not a club that um, has a big churn of managers. They do give them time um, obviously, the finance as well. Um, I was just looking back, and they've only had three coaches since 2013. And Charles, in one form or another, has been there for five years. Obviously, brought him a lot of success as well. Um, but um, in terms of where they are, um, I mean, obviously, here you start hearing rumors of, oh, he's lost the dressing room, or, you know, the players are not playing for him, or uh, he's lost, lost his mojo. But there was no, I mean, you're back home, so you're probably more closer to uh, telling me whether there were that sort of slight rumours. Uh, I mean, I think a lot of it was made up. It's not like the Bangalore camp was le- leaking anything. I mean, not that I knew. Uh, but 
like i said you could see a sense of disappointment building in fans they didn't want to come out on the open and say it because that's opportunity for the other fans to take advantage and you know all that banter and stuff and you could see you could see subtle hints here and there you could see a lot of other other teams is uh, supporters saying hey we want quarter because they know this, this is the bangalore side that they can possibly beat otherwise it would be very difficult to beat this uh, this team so yeah it was a, it was a accumulation of all these factors i think which eventually led to uh, the bfc management taking the decision so and it was also like i said like it's it's been uh, been what five more than five years at the team you get saturated after a point you probably need a new project not everybody is nasim mengger or a, uh, or a sir alex so fair enough I, i don't think i don't think we need to brood about this bangalore moves forward quadrat moves forward and indian football moves forward and now obviously comes the big decision how to replace somebody that has had had, had success is rated still like you say there'll be other clubs thinking you know uh, if we don't have a good season we'll get him into our club so he is rated Uh, in india so how do you replace a person like that uh, do you go back uh, are there obvious options who in terms of managers that have managed in india know the scene well or do you bring in somebody who has to get to know not only the players but india uh, it, it, it is a call that bangalore has to take do they now look to immediately salvage the season do are they willing to you know you know forego the season forget this start something new start something fresh give somebody a chance to build wow. a team in his own identity so if they do uh, that that's a big call because for a big club to say um you know we'll forego the season that's a big call not forego in the sense you know come out and explicitly and say hey we don't care about the title or whatever but like at least between the coach and the management there is this understanding that hey even if you don't make it big this season we you know do the right thing so that by you know by next season we are there uh to challenge for the trophies again so um i personally feel they should do that route wherein they should you know think long term and not the immediate solution to somehow you know get get into the playoffs for the season but um, you can always look for good indian options to see out this season uh, the way bangalore are playing right now it's not very com- it's not rocket science right it's a very simple most basic form of football where you get somewhere in the wide areas and you just plonk it forward and you know hope that you know some striker is going to do something for you uh, so yeah i i i feel they can find an interim coach for this season see out the season uh, somebody else is already you know being scouted uh, simultaneously they can watch they can see you can analyze what is wrong with this team identify which players needs to stay which players need to be you know released and yeah start a new project by next summer and i don't think- necessarily have names but uh, uh, I, i i again it's it's the i mean to speak broadly do they want to go the english route of more direct football or a german uh, you know german side of thing or do they want to go the spanish route so this is a debate that's been sort of uh, engulfed uh, indian football for a long time what what route do they take uh, you saw odisha take a more proactive role i mean approach in somebody like baxter while goa and the likes took the spanish road so uh, it remains to be seen so uh, we wait and see i mean because they've also had like two good coaches one was an english guy uh, in westwood and one broca in spanish so we we're all out there we're looking hey what route will uh, bangalore take next 
and in terms of um, uh, you know somebody to cover the rest of the season, um, I don't know too much about him. Uh, but um, is uh, Coach Musa that person? Yeah, Coach Musa is rated quite nicely inside the circles. Like he's, he's worked his way through you know different setups and. Uh, within the Indian football setup, he's uh, quite is rated highly. The only thing is, he's not really managed a mainstream team as a head coach. While you know the likes of, uh, say, somebody like a Khalid Jamil or Tongboy uh, Singto, all these other assistant coaches have all uh, like managed big sides. They've managed Long Lajong, Aizol, and all those big teams. So that is perhaps going to be the the, the trickier part. They've also, I think, been you know, linked with Pradyum Reddy, who is also a very exciting young uh, Indian coach. Uh, he's, he's part of the commentary uh, panel right now, but he's oh, also yes. worked with yeah, Pune and uh, mm. he's also worked with Bangalore before. So, yeah. all these names being uh, mentioned out there, but let's wait and see, I guess. And um, I suppose um, his first game, uh, I'm just again comparing it to EPL, a first, co- first game for a coach who's just taking over after a a previous coach has been mutually or sacked or whatever the reason you want to go with, that you want to play one of the teams that are, well, struggling is the wrong word because they haven't been, but East Bengal wasn't a bad first game for Musa, but um, it didn't go well for them. They just didn't look, look like a team that was going to win that game. They would have been lucky to get a draw. Yeah. And, and it uh, doesn't get any easier now for him after that loss with the next game being against Northeast. I don't necessarily think East Bengal are the easiest side right now. I mean, despite where they are on the on the field, now they seem to be like a motivated side. There seems mm. to be more energy. Uh, you know, the 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 post Christmas East Bengal has been like you know Santa has gifted them really well, and they're happy and they, they want to play football again. So, uh, uh, I mean, it's probably unfair to say East Bengal match was easy, uh, but uh, maybe Northeast is a good match. You know. Northeast has been struggling despite a good start to the season. Uh, they've sort of, you know, taken the foot of the accelerator a little bit. Uh, so, we'll give the coach a couple of matches. But I have a feeling uh, they're already, you know, eyeing for some bigger replacement, bigger names to um, take over. And uh, I don't think they want to stick the Indian route despite a lot of, you know, uh, teams calling, a lot of fans calling for it. I don't think they want to stick with anything. Yeah, and Bengaluru are not used to uh, having four back-to-back defeats. Um, I don't think, well, I was going to say, I don't think they can afford another one. I don't think they could afford it, the other two. But um, we'll see. That's not going to be... Uh, I, I take your point about East Bengal, and I'll talk to, talk about them in a bit and the uh, change. Uh, but Northeast is going to be a tough game as well. They're on a, a, a bad streak. They've not won for about six games, six, seven games. So uh, they they need to uh, get back to winning ways. Um, I, I think for Northeast, it's not a bad time to play Bangalore, funny enough. A team under yeah. pressure, a team low on confidence. Um, so we'll see how that game goes. It'll be really interesting. Uh, but you brought up uh, East Bengal and um, the change they've had. I think their signings over Christmas in the new year have been really, really good. They've been, really hit the ground running. Um, and uh, I've, to be honest, I've enjoyed watching them play uh, caught a couple of their games. And um, they all of a sudden look a, de- a good team, like you said. Yeah. 
I'm like, I'm just wondering if uh, Robbie Fowler is going to do an Owen Coyle on us in terms of we didn't expect him to do this. It's hardly to play good football. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. Their signings have really changed it. And uh, so the signings have also sort of inspired the people who stayed back to play better football. It seemed like, you know, uh, here and there uh, something was missing. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. I get it that, you know, they didn't have time in the summer. Robin Fowler probably didn't have the, you know, the same time to prepare his team. Now they've, you know, sat down and seen what they have. They brought in replacements and all that. Unfortunate for a lot of players to be kicked out mid-season. But if you look from an East Bengal fan perspective, Definitely, definitely nice that you know their team is playing good football, and if they can salvage a bit mid-table finish from where they were, say two three weeks back, I think everybody's going to be happy. Yeah, and I think uh, this goes back to the influence of your words uh, because um, we have mentioned Robbie Fowler and East Bengal pretty much every uh, show, uh, not for the right, yeah. obviously, but I think. Uh, Again, this is your influence of, of your words. Um, and uh, yeah, I think and... Robbie Fowler sort of heard some uh, some fan from Kerala say that you know his his attitude is all wrong and he's changed it now. <laughs> and uh, he's uh, taking uh, Indian football seriously and not just a sabbatical yeah. from the A League. So yeah, I think there's that influence as well. Um, but uh, another big uh, story. Last week, obviously, was my boys notching up their first win, and uh, Rohan can now, you know, um, appear on our podcast, maybe. <laughs> well, funny enough, uh, I did speak to him, and he did say, Yeah, yeah. come on, so he's, he will be coming onto the show soon. Um, obviously, mid season is not always difficult, uh, but uh, especially, uh, but it's a better position to be in, and it was a good win. And overdue, um, I thought they'd back it up with a win yesterday, but to be fair to Chennai, and I thought they played really well. Um, but um, it's just good to get that monkey off your back of uh, not having any wins after eight, yeah. nine, ten games. Um, I don't know if you caught the game, but the goals were good. The team, uh, in fact, I saw the second half against East Bengal, and they seemed to be playing a lot more better football. Yeah, they lost that game, but uh, you can see the football and the. Uh, yeah. Uh, but it, it was good to see them back winning. And uh, I know Ron is a lot happier now that the monkey's off the back of uh, uh, Orisha. Um, in terms of uh, the team that I want to folk, uh, talk about and take your views on is, I mean, we talk about all these teams and all of a sudden the following week, like we say, uh, they're in the news for one reason or another, is Hyderabad um, in two really good back-to-back wins. Um and they're not the team with lots of Indian internationals. I think they've only got one or two, obviously the goalkeeper. Uh, young team as well. Uh, but the striker, is is, 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 he the, is it down to him, Aridane, and the reason for Hyderabad doing well? Or what, can you, what are your views on Hyderabad yeah. and the season they're having? Uh, there seems to be something improved about Aridane's uh, movement and his desire to play. He seems to really enjoy being part of the Hyderabad side. <coughs> Sorry about that. So, um, what I was uh, thinking is maybe is it related to the Indian players being good enough? Is it because that he's finally getting to play the football that he wants? So, that in, in essence, <coughs> excuse me, that in essence is sort of a a reflection of um, how well the Indians have been playing as well. So somebody like a Liston and 
even somebody like nazari i mean we we we've you know not uh, cut him any sort of a slack when he was playing for kerala blasters but he's working his socks off everybody seems to be fighting for a spot in that uh, in that team so much so that uh, somebody like an athil khan is being seen as a sort of a, a surplus Yeah, like what is what is the story behind Adil? Because he's a national centre back. <coughs> um, is he? Yeah, probably. Or? But like, you know, probably he's reached the, you know, the towards the end of his career. So this is really thirty one. We talk. I mean, yeah, he's, he's he's had his fair share of injuries and difficulties as well. But he did make a like in his late twenties, he was playing really incredible football and and he was keeping himself fit and all that. um and then i thought his best position was uh, in a defensive midfield role but then he again went back to a center back role and it seems a little uh, you know confusing because as a center back he was a, he did look a little bit of a liability sometimes in terms of his positioning <coughs> so it's one of those uh, i mean some of those reasons or maybe the fact that he is looking for a big payday his last big paycheck for you know you know quitting so uh his agent is also working and looking for a good deal and probably hyderabad thinks their youth revolution can take over without adil as well and it it is two players that i wanted to take your views on is that stood out for me obviously aridane we talked about uh but um, ashish ray and liston and liston came from goa i believe yeah. uh but what a player he looks really really tam- another young indian player full of talent very yeah. in the early early 20s first question is why did goa let him go and uh, what do you it's think of him and ashish ray it's a question i think a lot of um, lot of uh, fans have been asking why did uh, fc goa let him go and the honest truth is they didn't want to let him go <clears throat> but uh, considering that was a side with koro and uh, all these brandon Princeton and all these young, exciting uh, <clears throat> players uh, behind uh, a sensational striker I, uh, and Hugo Bomu also playing at that point in FC Goa. They, they didn't seem any space for this guy to, you know, make an impression. And he was brave. He was brave to say, "Hey, let me go take up a new challenge. You know, go to a new team. Um, you know, show the world that I can do these things." So. So I'm surprised that Liston is doing well. A lot of people had predicted his, uh, you know, his. Uh, Uh, this breakout season but uh, yeah it's a, it's actually good to see him uh, do stuff because uh, it was going to be a battle between Liston and Princeton to see you know who's going to make the you know the early impression uh, Princeton's not really had his you know big uh, influence in this uh, FC Goa side but Liston is definitely a big uh, big uh, striker or hoping of for India in the in the future and the young player um Ashish Ray um I've been impressed with his performance as well he's getting good reviews um so they have got young talent that they are quietly uh bringing uh to the fore and like you said um I don't know if it's the foreigners of race their games or the indian players of race the other the foreigners games in sense of um um the performances um what do you know about Ashish Ray what can you tell us about him Yeah, he's also had a very uh, impressive season. Again, quite unexpected because uh, he, w- I mean, India is like, like, like we always discuss. I think uh, he, uh, 
like we've always had exciting wingers and fullbacks yeah. and that's a position we've always been like surplus of players right we've always seen big big seasons happening uh, so uh, it probably you know went under the radar or probably we're not talking about him because we've got like so Saratin and Mandar and all those exciting other fullbacks out there so um, yeah good good on Ashish Rai to you know get his chance and suddenly he looks like a you know a better option than even Nishu Kumar who's not really impressed or uh, you know Jaisal Karnero who's not really impressed all these people who are the names being touted as the next possible or the backup fullback for the Indian national team so I think Ashish has sort of slingshot his career with one one season. I think now he'll be in the reckoning of the national team. I would be surprised if he's not there. I've been like, I'm not really good with stats, but I've been seeing multiple threads on Twitter about his performances, the way he covers ground and um, good on him. I think uh, we've, we've got another exciting winger come fullback uh, with us. So let's see, let's see how the, you know, the national team can also use him. Yeah, it's one of the things I've been doing uh, this season. And um, we've talked about a couple of positions uh, of uh, the bench strength of the Indian team. And I think we both agreed that we've got a good bench strength of goalkeepers that can step into the national team. Um, I think we've got a good bench strength of midfielders, but also right and left back and wingers, which is a really positive sign. So we are getting that sort of talent rising uh, to a level where we, 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 we're building a a good uh, national team. Obviously, the big positions are centre-backs and strikers. So, yeah. we hope we can have some sort of strength, and not bench strength, but some sort of strength. But um, uh, between you and me... I, I mean, Liston, able... Liston uh, sort of uh, was always a striker. But oh, as, yeah, he, he was... Uh, he sort of uh, developed as a centre-forward. But as usual, I think it, it, it is partly to accommodate Aridane in the center that he's playing in the wings and also the fact that uh, he's quick and his ability sort of work in the wing and a lot of teams tend to have strikers playing in a wider role these days. So, it's 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 okay that way because you look at Liverpool, for example, Mane and Salah playing yeah. those yeah. wings and they're, they're very lethal. So, uh, it could be all of these factors but listeners is definitely uh, somebody you can put him in the center forward bracket. I've just been disappointed with Farouk not, you know, impressing the season. I, I was putting my money on uh, this being Farouk's uh, season, but like the likes of Pippin have sort of, you know, oh, replay, like said, you know, Mumbai City is yeah. good, fine, and not uh, not yours. So uh, I wish Farouk had stayed back in Jamshedpur with Owen Coyle and everybody. It would probably been a uh, you know, a good season for him because uh, I think in, with Coyle, uh, I know it's sort of. Uh, Jumping to Jamshed Poyo, but uh, that team is too Valskis dependent. Everybody is just like, you know, Valskis just comes here our day. So imagine somebody like a Farooq also in that side it would really help uh, Owen Coyle's case. Yes, yeah, I saw a good interview with Vasquez on the uh, ISL channel. Uh, came across as a um, really nice person. Uh, spoke well about Indian football and the players, and obviously uh, the reason why he. Um, joined um, uh, Jump and followed uh, Coach Coyle. So that was a good interview. But I did um, make a note of Vipin. I saw him play against uh, BFC uh, for Mumbai uh, uh, last week mm-hmm. and he stood out for me. Um, so I'll be looking to see, obviously, a new name for me, not for you. But 
it'll be good to um, see him uh, progress and see if he can challenge and start. I remember having a conversation with uh, uh, Tongboy, uh, say maybe three years back, Tongboy Singh to the coach. And he said back then, watch out for this fellow. So to see him with his, you know, change hair, color and everything. On, yeah, you on, need to sort that out for me. <laughs> but that side, uh, uh, to see him really impressed on the field was uh, was sort of like, hey, we have really good coaches. They know who the good players are. Maybe, you know, we should start trusting our Indians. They know the, the, the good young ones. And they, they, they knew it like three, four years back. So good to, good to see him uh, impressed. Well, you raised that question. I was going to raise it to you at the end, but um, uh, well, I'll raise it at the end because there was something else I wanted to ask you about while we stick with the ISL is um, what we said Bengaluru, you know, they're not, they're a good club. They don't sack drop of a hat, you know, they do back them. But there's a club that plays in Kerala that's been through quite a few coaches. How big a win was it for Kibu yesterday? Why is that pressure I, there? I'm just saying, I don't see how it matters. It's probably like everybody's happy again. We're all putting, <laughs> uh, you know, status and like, you know, the elephant is back. This is very cute video of an elephant dancing that everybody puts each time Kerala. Which I'm, I'm sad that Kerala doesn't win much so that we don't get to see the cute uh, baby elephant <laughs> video. <laughs> but uh, I, I will forward that to you. It's quite, uh, it's quite cute. But... Uh, uh, yeah, I don't see how it really matters for Kibu. Uh, the Odisha loss was pathetic. I thought the team was all over the place. A lot of individual mistakes. There's no organization in the defense. Uh, I know Odisha is happy. I know Rohan is happy. That's good for us. But uh, I thought that game was quite mediocre. Let me be like blunt as possible. I think it's I the goals. This. The goals were brilliant. The goals were brilliant. But I thought uh, it, it looked like two teams really, you know, Lacking confidence, just hitting it forward here and there. It, it, it reminded me of school football. Let me put it out there. I, I, that's how we used to play football in our school. We just get the ball somewhere and the defender just hit it, hope that it's going to bounce over a, <laughs> some, somewhere. And then. Um, you, those kind of errors, right? Like you saw defenders not, you know, uh, you know, heading away the ball, allowing it to bounce. These kind of mistakes are not, like, not part of football anymore. You, you can't be doing this in ISL and Sometimes I wish there was relegation that, you know, would put some fire into these players because right now they can do whatever they want and still survive and still get their money and everything. So, uh, I mean, for football to improve, we need relegation as soon as possible because you can't afford it. You can't, get, you can't let a carablast just escape with this over and over again. And relegation is not due for another, was it 22, 23 or? Yeah, 23. Yeah. yeah, so another couple of years. But I still think, I mean, you mentioned, you know, the type of football yesterday in the um, Orisha game, and you knew that this was going to happen. That was a terrible pitch. You're not going to play uh, silky football on that sort of pitch. Um, it, and three, three venues and having so much football, um, it's still going to have an effect on the pitch. And the standard of uh, football will be affected as a result. Yeah. And sometimes I think uh, teams will have to resort to hoofing it up. Uh, it's not the way we want to play, but I think sometimes circumstances and the conditions also dictate how the match is played. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know how grounds work, but I thought this was an opportunity to put in like a two-week break somewhere. 
uh, I don't know if the if the bio bubble is going to get so affected so much by this, but like have a have a two week break where you know players can probably interact with their family in some sense. Also give the pitch some time to you know get back into um, I mean some sense some sort of you know health uh, and uh, yeah I, I, they could have done it in some somewhere around uh, January I guess and uh, Goa is peak 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 tourist destination and we've been hearing all kind of sad stories coming from that uh, little state in uh, you know on the almost southern part of India so um, we've been hearing about unofficial rape parties this that so COVID is having COVID is having a rape party there right now so um, you know it's anyway dangerous to be in Goa so it would have been nice to you know just give them break give them some time get that, you know, the first wave of New Year's impact to fade away. And uh, I don't know why. I mean, sometimes I feel our footballers aren't humans. They, I mean, there's the scheduling of it. The, the whole setup only feels very unfair to them. But Yeah, I totally 100% agree. Yeah. And we've talked about this before. And I thought, um, you know, we were discussing whether they were going to carry on with the, this bubble because it's not easy going to be uh, they've announced the fixtures um maybe in hindsight we're talking like this but maybe they should have changed the venue for the second office to another city for three just to give them a change and in between yeah. give them a couple of weeks break uh they could have could have done uh, a few things um but like you said we've talked about um uh, the life of an indian footballer or the players that come and play in the indian super league um it's not the priority normally um so that would have been a surprise if they'd taken that into consideration um, but um, that will also affect the quality of football. Uh, when you're in that uh, bubble um, with no interaction whatsoever with the outside world, it's not. It's no way is that easy. And um, you know, you read a lot of these uh, autobiographies and everything about footballers, cricketers, tennis, and all, and you see how much uh, family is important. So when they have like a really bad moment, they want to go back home. You know, talk it with their you know partner. Uh, yes. Yeah. You know, play with their child and sort of help them come back and focus on the game. That's not lacking. You're you're put in again back in with your teammates, and they're going to tell you you your mistake causes our match. Yeah. And it, I I don't know how they're handling this, but it's not easy. A break and like you said, probably um, you know to play the second half of the tournament in some other city would have really helped a lot of people. Yeah. Um. And even here, even with the um. Uh, flexibility the players have here uh, even they've resorted there's been a few indiscretions here that have not gone down well with uh, players from Tottenham and a couple of other clubs breaking um, not breaking the rules but really taking the rules to uh, the extreme um, and that's not gone down well and they've had the flexibility of living at home um, mm-hmm. so you can just imagine what it's like for the players in the Indian Super League but just Turning back to the question of coaches, and this is something I thought about um, again in one of my moments, is um, you mentioned there's a lot of good Indian coaches there, and we know that, and um, they've just not been because of the rules, not been given a chance. But um, I know Coach Stimak is there. He's not in Goa, but he's looking at the games uh, from, um, I'm assuming, Croatia. I don't know where he is, but... uh, do you think he should have been in Goa? This is a perfect time to get to know all the players, which he wouldn't have because there's no traveling. Um, he would have been in that bubble and um, he would have got to know a lot more players a lot better. 
ideally yeah ideally uh, the coach should be should have done something of that sort um at least the aim is not i mean he can do he can maintain social distance can have because the stadium is empty right he can you know be you know strategically plays without putting any sort of risk like uh, he can still you know watch and observe not necessarily interact with players um i don't know why he's not there yeah, yeah i find it surprising I mean, like i don't know why um, the aff didn't think about it i don't know why he himself didn't volunteer for it but strange times that we live in you know so maybe it's maybe it's corona and maybe it, you know you know health and everything of that sort or maybe he's not interested enough i've like you know for certain that i've had my doubts about this uh, this coach for a long time i've not been particularly impressed so this shouldn't go down well uh, to be frank i had not thought about it till you raised this question um i'm i completely forgotten about the national team setup itself because we just you know been focusing on the isl but you're right uh, he should be there and his staff should be there you might argue that you know his staff is already there and that's the reason why he doesn't but you know to actually have the coach uh, be there the players are going to get you know be really motivated to you know perform because hey this is my you know short short game pressing and you know making it to the national team so yeah it's a little weird i hope yeah. by the second half of the season he makes it there i hope so i hope so it's just i thought it's a really good opportunity um for him because let's face it he's still new to the uh, indian team um so what year or something and then last year was a washout uh, yeah. it would have been a really good opportunity to get to know some of the players on fringes personally i think that's a crucial element to knowing uh, a player personally and this would have been an incredible opportunity for him and uh, would have opened his eyes to players that he might not and watching it on tv no way is it the same absolutely no way and having your staff there and reporting back to you is not the same as you being there as well end of the day it's your yeah. decision and uh, but we'll see if it changes um but my final question to you today is um hopefully coach dmac will turn both of our views around he'll take us to the asian cup we'll get to the semi-finals we'll have a great world cup campaign afterwards but when he does change um do you think now is the time for the federation to only look at um coaches who've been successful in the isl to lead the national team because this is the follow up thing thought that i had that if you're going to have a national team manager it would be ideal for them to have the experience of working in the isl seeing players being opposition players indian players obviously um yeah. and they should have that you know criteria that you should have managed in our league ideally i mean i mean there are two ways of looking at it like if if a very good candidate applies oslo bear like a like say Brandon Rogers apply why would you turn down so he's definitely not got the isl experience but you sort of know that you know he's got the experience and the cv to you know be trusted with the job i thought roka would have been a good appointment when he did apply uh, but they went the steam match route i thought the steam match route was also because they wanted to maintain some sort of uh, you know be neutral you didn't want roka with his bfc affiliations you know sort of come there and you know put in a lot of bangalore players because as a coach you want to work with players that you are familiar with so it is i'm not even saying i'm not even saying that it's it's, it's partiality or you know bias or anything it's just very normal for human beings to want to work with people you know are good or you know their abilities you know them inside out so 
that's probably the the other side of not wanting to you know get somebody who's been with long with one particular football team now with now rokas interesting because he did take up the hyderabad project as well he didn't necessarily coach there but he was part of the hyderabad team and um, yeah i mean let's see i mean like i said a good cv means you can't really turn down but ideally i want to i, I really want to see some indian being not i'm not i'm not saying an isl coach i want to see an indian coach being uh, handed over the the uh, the indian national team role because it's i'm con i mean nobody understands our football setup better than an actual you know somebody who's had to you know work through our grades and why try tiki taka or anything if that's not the kind of football that our footballers are capable of you know let's play something i thought uh, uh, somebody like a derek has always been quite nice and Uh, he's he's always had uh, uh, you know potential to really lead an Indian Indian side, and we we've seen in the in the in the lower teams as well. We played quite well in the under fifteen, under sixteen. Uh, Floyd has been part of our podcast before. I mean, he 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 seems to be like a very bright chap. We've talked about Pratyum. We've talked about Zongboy. Then there seems to be a lot of good coaches out there. Just need to give them the chance now. No, hundred percent agree. And uh, Coach Floyd is doing a brilliant job at uh, Minerva. So they that uh, they won the first game, so he's already packed. Um, yeah, uh, England went through this phase uh, where we had Ericsson and um, I forget the name, the Italian manager. Uh, but after that, you know, there was a big call that we should have English managers for the England team. And um, I think we're now. Oh, was Fabio Capello an Indian? England? Yes, that's it. Uh, Capello. I can't yeah. even remember that face. I was just wondering, whoa, is that me dreaming? Or no, no, dream? no. That's that's the Italian I was thinking about. Yeah. But it was after those couple of uh, appointments that uh, there was a big conversation here that it should be an English person. And I hundred percent agree. Uh, national team should be led by uh, uh, somebody from that nation. And uh, I think um, we are at that stage. And you've mentioned um, a host of uh, coaches there, and I think it would make a difference. They would make up the difference in knowing the players and knowing the uh, uh, the country. I think that would make a difference in terms of uh, yeah, somebody from outside might bring a bit of international experience, but it's not the same. So yeah, hundred percent agree, and I look forward to that day uh, coming very soon, or going back to the way it used to be, where we used to have Indian coaches. So hopefully yeah. uh, that will happen soon. Um, I, I did say that was the end, but um, I just wanted to take your views. Obviously, it's a big weekend here. FA Cup third round. I know it's not big. I think we talked about it last year. It's not a big thing in India, um, but it's huge here. Um, and um, the draw for the fourth and fifth rounds are tonight. Um, what are your views on the FA Cup? Is that low in the priority of Indian fans of English teams? Because here is one trophy. I mean, before we won the Premier League, that was one trophy I wanted to see Leicester lift. Being at Wembley, lifting the FA Cup, I would have died a happy person. Uh, probably um, we don't understand the history and everything associated with the FA Cup. I mean, we know because we, we read and we understand it's a big deal. But probably don't feel it so much. It's not bragging rights by any stretch of imagination. Even when, uh, you know, Chelsea got defeated last season and after that one, I'm like, okay, whatever, like. You know, Arsenal getting FA Cup, water is wet. I mean, nothing, nothing new there. So, uh, I mean, it doesn't give the same. Um, it's not the same as Premier League by any stretch of imagination. But it's, it's still a cup. It's part of the count, right? So, 
it's it's nicer when you win the Premier League and when you win the FA Cup. So you're like, yeah, we two trophies or like we won the treble this season. So that way it adds to adds to the eventual winners. But just winning an FA Cup doesn't matter so much because we don't know Wembley and we don't understand the you know hype around it. That I mean, true. the people will say they understand it, but let's be very honest. We 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 are, we are sort of mimicking what we, we what we see. Fans across England do, and we think, oh, this is a big deal, so we watch it as well. For me personally, yeah. it's been nice because you know Kai Havertz and Werner scoring is a big deal. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, good, good, well, good. If, if I can, okay, convey, I hope we get these matches. It is a huge deal, and like I said, uh, it's one trophy that I really want to see Leicester win, and that'll be uh, me dying very happy as a Leicester fan, <laughs> being at Wembley, seeing them lift that trophy, and it's a dream. For is, is it bigger than? Is it bigger than Premier League? Um, that's a tough question. I think it's it's there for a lot of clubs. I mean, I was on uh, on the Leicester City Forum uh, listening to that, and um, it's every year. This is one trophy, fathers to sons, and it carries on through the generations because we've been mm-hmm. to four finals and we've lost four finals. Uh, although the last one was in '69, but uh, it's one trophy that I know Leicester. A lot of Leicester fans want to see us lift um, more. In fact, like I said before, it was ahead of the Premier League because we thought the Premier League was out of our reach. But, um, I mean, we're talking this year whether we want the Europa League or the FA Cup, and it's the FA Cup. Um, It's the one. It means a lot uh, to win at Wembley in May. It's an incredible, incredible occasion, and uh, I'd love to be there. Um, But, uh, yeah, we'll see what the draw, and I'll keep uh, giving you the passion as long as it has to keep on Going through the rounds, we had a good win on Saturday. A win away to a very tough Stoke team, actually, uh, but 4 mm-hmm. 0. Um, it was a brilliant, brilliant win. So, yeah, we'll look forward to the draw today. But there's a big game on today as well ATK and B versus um, these are the, the uh, finalists that we're going to look forward to in the ISL. Uh, maybe uh, <laughs> it can be sort of uh... Always, uh, always been around, um, and they seem like they will, you know, one zero to Roy Krishna. <laughs> I mean, I, there's actually been a lot of tweets saying that, you know, one zero and is Roy Krishna who scored. That seems to be like a uh, something like a journalist can write and keep in his copy way before the match seems to be, you know, you know, going towards the 90th minute because that's that's a a, a, a sort of a recurring theme, right? So uh, I don't know. I'm 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 sort of hoping that. Uh, you know something like a, somebody like a Hyderabad and you know I, I really want that I want a Leicester story always happening in you know all the leagues that I follow so I, I hope somebody that we didn't pick in our top four sort of make it there and you know challenge these teams and you know a lot of hopefully a lot of Indians are going to impress as well Mumbai City also looks like such a strong side right like yeah they can afford to have you know a couple of players enjoyed, but they, they, they're just there and there's so much talent oozing out of the team. And Lobera seems to have sort of worked his charm already. Now they're playing good football. They know the kind of football they want to play. Jahu is as nasty and as effective as always. Uh, you know, controlling games and also you know doing dirty things. I I love such players. I mean, I love Diego Costa. I love I, I love players. So, Bit of nasty side to them. Yeah, and I love Luis Suarez. I thought uh, 
England didn't appreciate him enough. I thought he was one of the best players. Well, the fact that he scored for Uruguay against England in the FA uh, in the World Cup yeah, didn't help course. either. Um, yeah. And the fact that he had um, he's got very strong teeth. That, uh, that <laughs> yeah, of course. The fairness of the English uh, is not the way the game should be played, so it didn't work for him. Um, but <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was. It, it would be good to see. I think um, uh, Mumbai City look uh, incredible, awesome. The talent got on their bench. Forget the first team. Uh, they look uh, really good, and I'm uh, looking forward to the game. Actually, I hope um, I won't be able to see it, but I'll hopefully catch the uh, highlights. So I'm looking forward to that. As always, okay. uh, time has flown. Uh, today is starting for me. Better get back to the office, otherwise my manager. I better not say this on live stream. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's been really, really good talking to you, Nevin. As always, and um, hopefully um, the powers that be continue listening to you and uh, take the very good advice you always give out because they always work out right for them when they do. So, so Barrett's manager, friend. if you're listening, uh, please give him an you know, easy day at the office. <laughs> take care, my friend. You look after yeah, yourself. Yeah, bye-bye. Yeah, you too. Bye.